everyone, and welcome back to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski. And I'm Hannah Elam. We are being spooky in October. It just doesn't rhyme if I say spooky in October. We're getting ooky in October and continuing our coverage of the Netflix original series, The Haunting of Hill House. I think you mean alliteration, though. Right, that's what I mean. Not rhyming. Alliteration. But still, it's not... I don't know. I I need a good... What what else you got for October? Getting... I would... Getting freaky in the fall. Okay, we're getting (laughs) freaky in the fall and continuing our coverage of the Netflix original series, The Haunting of Hill House. We're taking a look back at season one to recap the episodes and talk about all our favorite ghostly moments. Today, we are getting so close to wrapping up this series. We're recapping the ninth episode of the show, Screaming Mimis, which I looked up the definition for last time and then I forgot to do it this time. Do you have that off the top of your head? No, all I remember is what Poppy says about it, that it's a really bad dream. And Let me look it up. Screaming Mimis, it says an attack of panic or anxiety. The term often spelled, the term is first, first recorded in 1927 with the meaning drunkenness, but a couple of sources suggest that it dates from World War One, where it could refer to a certain kind of German artillery shells that made a screaming sound. Okay, interesting. Is it? And then, now this says jitters. Okay, well, you know, I'm pretty sure the, like, anxiety definition is the one that I had found last time. Like, anxiety attacks, but anyway. All right, well, that's this episode, and it is for, I think, the first time in the show so far, an episode that takes place entirely in one of the two time periods. This one is entirely in the past, and it is our big Olivia episode. We've learned yeah. her name. It's the mom. It's Olivia. Live, mommy. It's finally, <laughs> it's finally time to fill up our Olivia hourglass with some uh, gemstones. Yes, we're getting it all the way full. Oh, yeah. It may even be overflowed. I, mean, I think I so. Think- we got even some, some more information that I wasn't expecting to ever get. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. And we have the moment that we've all been waiting for. We figure out what happens on the last night. Oh, man. Do you have any thoughts overall? Uh, you know, did you know exactly what was going to be happening? My overall thought is, so the kids have been giving Steve some crap about not being awake for most of it. But like Theo was didn't have like any involvement either. She walked down the stairs. So and, my argument there it. would be that she gets the vision from dad, though. So she, she at least sees some stuff that he had seen. It, but I would definitely she, say... Or did she see stuff that hadn't even happened yet? No, I guess, no, no, I guess it that's right. Happened. It had happened first. You're right. I forget the order of these things. Because the Theo bit where she goes to the car was the only part they didn't recap here. Right. Basically so everything that, else we got again. Yes. So, yeah, th- this whole episode is really... It gives us the last night, and I think that my general takeaway from the last night stuff was most of it it was it was less weird than I thought it was going to be if that makes sense I thought that Olivia was going to be even more deranged than she actually was like my big takeaway from this was shoot if only Hugh had gotten back into the house maybe he could have prevented her for like she was still alive and I thought what was going to happen was that at the point where she's you know chasing Steve down the hallway or limping after him that she was like basically a zombie at that point. Like, I thought she was maybe even already dead or something. I did not realize that she was, yes, a little bit off her rocker here and doing some very not good things, but I don't think she was really past the point of no return. Like, I think, you know, getting her out of the house, maybe some good therapy, she could eventually at least see her kids again. Right, and I think, too, that 
that the buildup to the last night, we also see a lot about her struggles and what she had been facing. So we're led to believe that there is some potential for her to be taken away from the house and really get unscattered, to use uh, Horace Dudley's phrase. And so I do agree that, you know, if, if the kids had just been in the car and he went back in for the mom, it seems like he had already gone to the to the side of, this isn't my wife that I married. She's gone completely crazy. There's nothing that can be done to save her. But I think we also don't know, I guess we don't know entirely what happens on the last night as far as the aftermath of when Hugh goes back to the house. So we still don't know what happens then, but we're led right. to believe, right, there's, there's some kind of, well, and he was also there for three hours. So we do still have a decent gap that we don't have filled. Yeah, the, okay. We've, we realize here that the other body that we had heard before is Abigail's body and that Abigail is a real person. Surprise! Which still doesn't completely clear up to me why no one else had seen her besides Luke up until this point. Like, if there's a real girl hanging around, I always thought it was the kind of thing where Luke would call someone over and be like, look, there's a girl in the woods. And they'd be like, I don't see her, Luke, you're making it up. But it sounds like just nobody ever was around or something when he was pointing this out. So we'll talk about that more when we get to it. But yeah, there's still a couple things that I think I want answered. I mean, because of the fact that that Abigail's a real person, like, shoot, how how do the Dudleys even... That's got to be rough. So my guess is some of that is going to be in the three hours that we don't know exactly what happens there. At first, I thought you were saying the, th- the three hour finale episode. And I was like, I don't think it's three hours. No, long, the, three hour I, yeah, time, the three hour time. Yeah, <laughs> that, that he was at the house. Okay. Anyway, yeah. before we get to the last night, let's go over some of the other stuff that happened in the episode. Right. So as I mentioned before, we're seeing Olivia struggle. There's one horrible scene where she sees both the adult twins in Shirley's morgue. Nell is on the table, all prepared for the funeral, and Luke is on the floor, presumably dead from an overdose. And she brings us up to Hugh and he brushes us off as just a dream and that they've both been feeling a little loopy lately. Yeah, the the lasting impact of what she sees here, I think is interesting. This is not the first time that we see someone having a vision of the future. We see Theo do that slightly when she touches the mom's hand and sees her body and what it looks like at the end of this episode. But it is the first time we see, really, this is her seeing the future. I mean, it's not exactly the real future because Luke did not overdose on the ground in the morgue, or at least he has not yet. So I don't really know how that would happen considering they've already buried Nell. So I don't, you know, that's not, that's not 100% accurate. But it makes me wonder, does the house have some kind of power to give partial truths and like manipulate Olivia's thoughts here? Because I think this vision really, sets off the rest of the episode of what starts pushing her over the edge. This combined with Poppy's bad influence is going to implant some false memories or some or some false visions into her head that's going to make her spiral here. Yeah, that, it's like, that's the part that I think seems the most weird is there's one thing to see ghosts, which are an echo of the past. It's another thing to be being told about the future. I do think that with the Crane family, they bring some baggage with them and specifically the females that we've seen they have their specialness about them and so maybe it's just something where the house feeds off of this energy that they have and the specialness that they're bringing to the table and distorts it for evil. Yeah I can kind of see that because I'm starting to believe that you know if these color storms and even potentially some of Theo's ability maybe it just wouldn't maybe it's a coincidence that she kind of got because Olivia's color storms which have been happening for a while before they ever moved to the house. And then even though it's never mentioned, I kind of feel 
like maybe Theo's ability uh, and her being her sensitivity to touch probably happened before she entered the house because just of the way that she did not go to her parents at any point and, and say, hey, what's going on with me? It seems like it was almost like a subtle thing that slowly built within her over the years because it, it almost seems like in the present day it's a little bit stronger maybe. But at the time, she didn't really question it. She would just slightly touch things and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I can I can sort of sense stuff. If it was something that all of a sudden happened when they entered the house, I think it would have probably been a bigger deal that she would have notified to her parents. Yeah, and something with the sensitivity as well is we hear Olivia refer to emotions as colors when she's talking to Hugh at one point. So that also makes me believe that her color storms are related to experiencing multiple emotions at once. And this also then links her sensitivity to Theo's that we've seen. Exactly. Yeah, it seems like that's sort of a thing that maybe was passed along in some way, even if she doesn't have the exact same touch as Theo. Yeah. So after this, we then get to see Poppy, who we had already seen before and in, in a photograph and learned about who she was. We learned from we learned from Mrs. Dudley a few episodes ago that Poppy was in a mental institution when she was younger and that she is like clinically unstable. And this is kind of weird because we see we see Poppy mostly in a very normal looking ghost, but occasionally she's in the more decayed old kind of ghost version, which I think is kind of an interesting way they did it. I mean, it only happens two or three times, but Pop the Poppy ghost is going to have a long talk with Olivia about dreaming and about needing to wake up and specifically wake her kids up from bad dreams. And the implication here, which was very Inception, was like, you wake up from the dream by killing yourself or killing your children to keep them safe and keep them young all the time and keep them perfect and happy. Right. And we hear Mrs. Crane say this to Nell before she pushes her or before Nell right goes off of the edge of the staircase. It's time for you to wake up. So this is something that has been on her mind since her talk with Poppy. And something on her decrepitness is that it is interesting because when we first see her, I believe is in Nell's vision and she looks very young. But then when we hear about her from Mrs. Dudley, it's we're led to believe that she died at an old age. So it's weird the discrepancy of we see her as she was when she was young, but it seems like her in actuality, she looks very disgusting as as she died. Right. I think the more accurate version of the ghost is the old decrepit version, whereas the younger one is maybe the sort of image she wants to put off, how she chooses to live in the afterlife, uh, or at least present herself to other people to be a more welcoming figure. Well, and this could also be the what we see from Nell's vision, right, where she's seeing the house as beautiful and as it was when she lived there, but we're seeing it as the old and decrepit version. So the house is able to give off this look of put togetherness, but in actuality, we get to see glimpses of what it truly looks like. Right. And I actually think that that is why we keep seeing the mold in the house. Part of me wonders if like the house really is in decay, but it's able to sort of put up a facade a lot of the time to welcome people in and sort of to attract people to it. But in actuality, it is this decrepit house and they just can't always see it or it's, you know, starting to show through the cracks. And we'll get to that more when we talk about the Red Room. Um, So 
this talk with Poppy, I think, is kind of the thing that sets her over the edge because it really eats into her. And we see another scene that fills in a gap from before where she's talking to the twins' beds and she thinks it's night. She's tucking the twins in and both young Nellie and Luke basically predict their own deaths and phrase it in such a way of, oh, mom, but if you pushed us out into the dark, cold world, I am going to be filled up with such a sadness and my heart's going to be broken in two that I'm going to have to end my life. And then Luke says, I'm going to be so sad and lost that I'm going to fill myself with poison until I'm dead on a cold floor, you know, in the morgue. And this is when Steve walks in to show her the vanity that he's painted for her. And we, as we saw before, it's that part right at the end of the, of course you're safe with me, children thing. I like that we get this gap filled in. It's also showing us that Olivia, probably by part of being in this house for so long, is really starting to, yeah, like hallucinate throughout the day, be sort of sleepwalking. We still have not, and I'm not sure this is something we're ever going to really get answered. We still have not figured out how she was like teleporting around the house in the storm. <laughs> we don't really know what that whole deal was about, but but actually I have a hunch now that I just said that we don't know what that was. My hunch now is like maybe that wasn't actually her, but that was just uh, Hugh seeing her ghost in the house already somehow. I don't know. That Well, so my thought is that the house leads you to see things that aren't truly there and that this vision is somehow put on by Poppy. The mom's vision is and maybe the dad's is as well. But it's something that's further planting the seed in her head of your kids need to be woken up. They're not safe. And if you let them go out, they're they're going to die a very painful death. Right. I think we're sort of seeing the house has several ways that we're hypothesizing of, of luring people in and getting them to want to stay there and then messing with their minds through these ghosts and things and and then furthering the seed to get them to be stuck in this house and it feeds off them. Another thing we mentioned in a couple episodes ago that is further enhanced in this episode is the fact that all of the family members or at least confirmed three of them at this point, potentially more, have areas of the house that seem to be, like I said, room of requirement sort of built for them that nobody else seems to even know where they are. In this episode, at one point, the mom says that she's going to be in her reading room. Luke and Shirley are like, what, what's the reading room? We don't, which room is that? So I think that's very similar to the toy room, to the game room, potentially other rooms that are, that don't really exist, but are just there for, to be whatever they need to be. My initial thought was like that this was the red room, but if it is the red room, they don't appear to be, it's not in the location of the red room. It seems to be, we never fully see where the room is in the house. We only see the doorway and the people going in and out of the room, but it looks different to each of them. Yeah, and we also hear that Poppy used this room as a dressing room and then as a nursery. So this room, in that, and she's referring to the mom's reading room. So if these are all the same room, they definitely take on different looks. Right. So I don't know if this is necessarily the red room or just another room or multiple other rooms in the house that have an ability to be whatever the user needs them to be. So shortly after this, we get another gap filled in, which is we see why the mom punched the mirror. And that's because she saw behind her the adult Nell and Luke who were sort of dead and she wanted to get that vision out of her head. And also earlier, the other gap we had filled in was after her night with Poppy. That was when she woke up holding the screwdriver to Hugh's throat. So that was another bit there. So then she is told that she needs to leave the house and shoot. I guess we should talk about the talk with Miss Dudley first. I forgot about that. So she has a talk with Miss Dudley and we've already seen that Mr. Dudley is advising Olivia to take some time away. And Mrs. Dudley is talking more so to the topic of fearing about your 
children. And she talks about state taking her ground. Sorry. She talked and Miss Dudley talks about holding her ground and protecting her children and also mentions that it's better to get out of the house sooner. And this house is just as stupid and hungry as anything else in the world. And that the house is different in the dark in the night. Um, and, and we see this example when Poppy lures Olivia away from her bedroom. And after all these other events that we've talked about, Olivia talks with Hugh and says that she can't seem to find herself. All her, all other emotions are gone and she's just left with, with fear. She's left feeling scared. And I allot her, I allot her for at least being self-aware enough to know that something is wrong, right? Because I think in these types of episodes, it can feel like everything's fine or what you're seeing is okay. But it seems like there are other people around her that are bringing her back down and, and allowing her to see that something is off. Yes, exactly. And so I do appreciate the fact that she recognizes, at least in some part, that she probably should leave and take some time and, and all of that. The talk with Miss Dudley I thought was really interesting because she's kind of saying similar things that Poppy is, of this very overbearing, you need to protect your children. I think the implication with Poppy might have even been like that she killed her children. I, I don't really even 100% know exactly. She was talking about her daughter and then she was talking about... Well, remember she did have the the stillborn birth child? She, right. Remember she did have the stillborn child, so I think maybe that is... Her thought is that the house killed that child from and took it away from her. Yes. So I, I agree with that, but I think I, I was kind of not agreeing with her for a little while because she was like, keep the kids close, don't let them ever see the outside world, even if they hate you, even if your husband hates you. But then she was like, oh, but also get out of this house because this house is dangerous. And then I was kind of back on board with her. So I don't know. I, I think what stinks is just that it's so out of Olivia's personality. She seemed very, let Happy the kids lucky. learn, yeah. let them, you know, be themselves and stuff before this moment. It definitely seems like this is escalating very quickly here. And I think this talk with Miss Dudley may even further push her to believing Poppy because, as you said, she does sort of reiterate some of the points that Poppy brought up. Right. I, I think the difference, obviously, is that Miss Dudley truly wants to protect her children and not have them die. And then Poppy is like, and I, I was thinking like Poppy, she talks about her son who can't walk and who moans and bangs on the walls. And I think that might answer some of our earlier questions of what was the loud banging on the walls. But then she talks about her daughter who was acting like she couldn't breathe and was gulping for air. And I, I'm not 100% sure what was happening there. That was one that I, I didn't really understand if that was just another accident with a child or if she like was she implying that she killed her daughter? I, I don't, that's the part that I was confused about. Not really sure if we get an answer for that. I was feeling good about Olivia's choice to leave the house until she completely lies and doesn't actually leave and doesn't actually uh, fly to Janet's, but instead just goes to the motel. I assume the same motel that they go to later. And she calls and lies and says that she's at Aunt Janet's, but she's not. And then comes back to the house. And this is where we get to the last night. Yes. So shall we hop right in? Yeah, let's just go down real quick, sort of the sequence of events that happened. Some of these we've already seen before or elements of them before. Also, I'll give props to this show for doing a slow burn. I think some of these things would probably be kind of hard to put together until you get to the end. The one bit that I'm going to say up front is they show way too many shots of rat poison throughout the episode for me to not believe that they're going to be poisoning somebody in this episode. Yeah, and the other thing is I think this is also has been highlighted in previous episodes ever since we heard about potential rats. There's kind of been some nods to it ever since they've been trying to deal with the scratching noise in the basement. Yes, exactly. So if you're a if you're a detective and you're a fan of mystery, you probably you probably caught that bit. So 
Olivia comes back to the house at night and she gets the rat poison and she's making some tea and putting the rat poison in it. And that is when Shirley wakes up and sees her and which is a a key point here, actually, that probably saves Nell and Luke's life that Shirley was here because Shirley is able to wake up her father shortly after this. I don't know why it takes her so long. So the mom has time in between uh, Shirley seeing her and Shirley waking up the father, though, to gather up Luke, Nellie, and Abigail, who we are led to believe, at least I am, I don't know about you, but I'm led to believe Abigail is the daughter of the Dudleys, is my guess. I don't think they ever outright say that in this episode, but that's my guess. And that she, because she says her mom worries about everything and we know that they live through the woods. The And, and we did also learn in this episode that they, their daughter, we did also learn in this episode that the Dudley's daughter is currently the same age as Nell and Luke. So their age frame seems right. Yeah. Now this is made more sad along the part of the fact that Miss Dudley says that Abigail is not allowed in the house. I don't know. We don't know how she snuck out to get, to be able to sleep over there. That part I'm kind of sad about, but with what happens with Abigail in this episode, it's like, man, the mom tried to keep her from this house for so long. And the one time she goes there is just terrible. So they all go upstairs and they go to the red room. Another part that I don't get. So the mom says, we we are the key. So are you only allowed to go into the red room when you want to die? Are you, like, how, how has no one else been able to go in the red room? Yeah, I think this is still a question that we don't necessarily have answered. But when we see in the red room, it does not look super great, right? It's pretty moldy and dingy and doesn't look like a room you'd really want to spend that much time in. Yeah, it's super moldy and there's a table and chairs and that's really all that's in there. This is another reason why I was thinking like that the house really does look decrepit and bad because of the mold in this room. This is like the heart of the house and it's not great. Olivia is really harping on the kids being safe and that that's what the tea party is supposed to be for. She pours some teacups for all of them and Abigail starts to drink her tea. When the dad goes in the kitchen, he finds rat poison and immediately goes to check on the kids and sees that the twins are gone. So he runs upstairs, but then we already see that the rat poison has started to work on Abigail and she starts to gasp for air and foam at the mouth and mom is trying to calm all the other kids down by saying that she's safe and that I don't know if she says she's about to wake up but she you know she she believes that this situation is perfectly fine because she this says is what she, she saves intended. kids drink your tea she keeps telling them to drink right. their tea also key here is that she's also poured tea for herself so yes so it's not just that she wants to kill her children she also intends to kill herself yes we see dad run into the room knock over the tea sets and knock Olivia into the wall, which seems to be what Theo saw in her vision, at right. least parts of it. Yes. And so we had technically seen into the red room before from that vision, just didn't know what room it was because they were extreme close-up shots. The part that I'm confused about here, and I watched this like three times, I don't understand how she has a limp later. Where does that come from? I get why her head might be hurting, but did, did she also I think it's leg? like she may have twisted her ankle when she fell over. Okay. I, I, I don't think it's, it's readily clear why she's limping. Yeah, so I, and that was, and that's the other reason why I thought that, like, that she was worse off than she actually ended up being was because of this limp. Like, we saw her stumbling down the hall after Steve and Hugh, and I know maybe other people didn't always think it, but I always thought from episode one that that was the mom because I recognized the outfit that she was wearing and stuff, but I, yeah, I still think it's like, ah, come on, she wasn't, she wasn't that bad at that moment. They could have helped her. 
if he had just gotten her up and helped her then. Right. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. And I think that Hugh would definitely, yeah, I don't know definitely, but I we would hope that Hugh would have changed things if he had known the full story of everything. Yeah. So when Olivia wakes up from being concussed in some way, you know, it seems like she was knocked unconscious. She realizes that Abigail is dead and it seems like she is a little bit remorseful here. But then we see that she gets up and walks away and goes to check on the children and this is where we see that she has a limp. Right. This is also where we get some answer to the fact that all the other kids are in the car at this point and Hugh is in the room with Steve. Right before Hugh goes into the room to get Steve, we notice that he sees a bunch of ghosts all sort of standing in the upstairs foyer area. They're all just kind of standing there, one of which is creepy old Poppy and then there's some other ones sort of shadowy in the background. They all look like they're in a decrepit stage and then we also see the bowler hat man coming up the staircase on the other side of the hallway. Right. So they're all sort of converging there but he goes into Steve's room. That's when we see Olivia come down the hallway. She goes and she's the one turning it and we see her turning it multiple times because Poppy is standing there telling her, oh, he's going to take the kids away. You need to get in there. This is where Olivia is really wrestling with herself of like, no, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't take the kids away. It's fine. And she gets distracted by old Hazel Ghost, who's the old woman from uh, across from Steve's room. Old Hazel Ghost is telling her that Poppy lies, which was also nice. Nice to see that there is a more sane ghost here. You know what? I liked Hazel. I wasn't even scared to look at her. I was like, it's okay. I know from all the other times that we've seen Hazel, she really comes through in the end. Like you really really can appreciate her. I was like, thank you. Like, you know what? I'd rather look at you, old decrepit woman, who's at least making sense rather than creepy, normal looking Poppy who's over here telling her to kill her children. So that's when Steve and Hugh make a run for it. And I'm thinking now that the reason he tells him to close his eyes is less so about seeing his mom and more so about not wanting him to see any of the other ghosts that were out there. I can agree with that. Yeah, they get to the car and earlier we saw Luke actually did see Abigail up in the window. And then at this point, we see Olivia is standing up in the window as well. And that's who Steve sees. Right. And that's who Steve sees because he's like, hey, I see mom. Mom's right up there. But she's talking with Poppy who tells her that Hugh is driving the kids off into the dark and the disease and the sadness and death of the real world. So Olivia goes back to the red room where she sees dead Abigail again. And I think I misspoke earlier. I don't know that she truly recognizes what she's done when she sees Abigail, but I think she knows that Abigail is dead when she wakes up. Right. I think at this point, it's this point when she goes back in and she sort of, because she, she's saying, oh no, oh no. I don't know if she actually says, what did I do? But that's kind of, that's the impression that comes across. Yes. But then when she sees like ghost Abigail in the blue dress, that's when she's like, oh wait, did you wake up? Are you okay now? Oh, so I did do the right thing. Like, yeah. So we see her disagree with Poppy and tell her to shut up. And then it seems like she may be on the right path. But then we see that she walks out to the spiral staircase. Well, right before this, this is where I have a question. Oh, yes. Who is the other woman who grabs Abigail's hand? We don't know. You know what? Maybe it's younger Hazel. Okay, that was my thought because it was someone who had curly hair. And I thought, oh, I mean, I'm liking Hazel more and more at this point then. Yeah, I think if we looked back at the episode where Nell gets the cup of stars and look at those pictures, we may be able to identify young Hazel that way as well. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. So, and that's where she goes, yeah, to the spiral staircase where she has yet another talk with Pop. Poppy's really got to go. Poppy's the worst. (laughs) Yes. If there's one thing we learned from those episodes, it's that Poppy should not be around. And so she comes back and says he's killing them. 
and Olivia finally says that she wants to wake up. We get an almost allusion to Nell's death or maybe Nell's death was an allusion to this where we see at one point that she's on the safe side but then the other that we flash again and she's on the outside of the staircase and it's just so strange like you think that she's not actually in danger but then you look again and she is. Also similarly to Nell we get a shot of Poppy reaching out her arm as if to push her and she doesn't actually really fully make contact but I've decided that how I'm gonna look at this is with both Nell and Olivia this is the house really does like put them on the wrong side and that they were undecided and the house sort of forces them off the edge I think. Especially in Nell's case where she didn't even know what was happening, right? She thought her mom was just handing her a necklace. Yeah, she was like in a trance. So I think the house is making them see what they want to see. And in this case, Poppy is telling her, oh, you need to wake up. This is very Inception here because if you've seen it, well, I'm not going to spoil Inception, even though it's been (laughs) out for 10 years, I will say. Best movie of the decade and it came out in 2010. I will say Inception has a very, very similar moment to this. Anyway, we do see Olivia at the bottom of the staircase. And as you alluded to earlier, Earlier, she looks how she did in Theo's vision. So, and that's that's what we get about the last night. Yes. It leaves me with some questions still, mostly about how the house continues to haunt them past this point, about how, like, the clock man is kind right. of throwing me off because he appears to be one of the only ghosts that shows up during the daytime. Most of the other ones only come out at night. Is it really a night thing? We know that the Dudleys don't stay there after dark. How much of that is true? How much of that is just sort of circumstance, it's easier to make people think that they're dreaming if it's nighttime when things are happening. Hard to say. We also see when Olivia is talking to the twins in their bed, she believes it's nighttime, but it is actually daytime. So there are some instances where there's some strange happenings during the day. Does Olivia really wake up from the bed and go into her reading room with Poppy and have that whole conversation and then get back in the bed and grab the screwdriver? Or does she really just sort of half asleep, get in, you know, straddle her husband, grab the screwdriver while she's sort of thinking that all of this is happening? Some of it's kind of unclear. Well, and the other thing about that point as well is I think this may be, I think this may have been something that Poppy told her to do because right before we see this happening, Poppy is telling her how to wake her children up. So it seems right. like Poppy is trying to get her to kill Hugh because he is the issue. Yes. Although it, it does appear at least that if you do die in Hill House, you will become a ghost in Hill House. And so by that logic, Hugh would also just become a ghost in Hill House. <laughs> right. Going back to what you were saying about the children still being being haunted by things in the house outside. I wonder if it's something similar to the witness marks where they are scarred from their time at Hill House. And so because of those scars, they're left with them and it allows them to continue outside. I, I really don't know though. What about the, the smiley man, whatever he was called? Was that oh, really sure, just like a right. nightmare vision or was that is that like a real thing? Because I'm now more inclined to believe that that was literally just like a nightmare. I think it was a nightmare. Okay. What about the cheersing guy? Still haven't figured that one out. We'll have to wait and see. My, my list of things that I would like answered that I don't think are necessarily going to be answered. Where exactly are all these rooms that the, they keep going to and why can no one else see them or know what they are? How did they get into the red room? And who is the cheersing guy? I will those tell are you the main things I'd like to know. At least one of those will be answered okay. in the next well, episode. At least one. Okay. Well, yeah. there's only one episode left. Well, and well, I don't want to give, you know, too much away. Yeah, don't, don't tell me anything. Yeah. So we do see the episode ending with a further flashback 
flashback when the family first comes to the house. They first open their doors and Theo talks about it being cold immediately. Nell points out the cool staircase um, and the dad mentions, didn't you always want an endless summer? At the end, mom says, you guys go on without me. And Hugh says, how could we? And I think all of those are a little foreshadowing in some way, but we kind of already know that they're foreshadowing something because we've seen all of what they foreshadow. Yes. We even hear from Shirley, where's my camera? And that's what she's, her biggest scare is probably when she takes the picture and sees the uh, wasp nest around the mask. Which is kind of interesting because we never see her interest in photography anymore. I guess she looks at pictures a lot now, but she doesn't seem to be as interested in taking them. Maybe she gives up on that. I don't know. Grow out of it. People go through phases. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of liked these lines, but they kind of also I thought were very cheesy of the like, you guys go on without me. How could we? Because I think it's uh, like they put that in there because they know it's foreshadowing. But in realistically, like, why is the mom not just coming up the stairs and helping deal with the children picking their bedrooms? Like, why is she standing down there? I don't know. That seemed it, it seems like a TV show. It seems like a movie, not like real life. Anyway, the other line that sort of did a similar type of heavy handed foreshadowing was even before Olivia talks with Poppy, she falls asleep with both the twins and has some comments about wanting to keep them that way forever, wanting to keep them that age forever. Wouldn't it just be great if they could stay like this forever? That kind of thing. And so I think that that's kind of also starting to maybe maybe some of just the house subconsciously getting her to start to think that way. We also saw something strange there where she told, it seems like she's talking to Hugh and says, no, like I'll, I'll keep them here for a little bit. And then she seems to wake up from that and Luke is, and Hugh is carrying Luke away and says, yeah, are he, you coming? He so, tells her that her arm must have gotten numb. And she says, no, it's not. But I think he was referencing the fact that he had picked Luke up and she didn't even notice that he was right. on her arm. And, and so, she yeah. wasn't moving at all, right? Right. So that was that, kind of a was, weird moment. Yeah. So it, it's hard to know exactly what was going on there. But again, it could have just been a vision that Poppy was leading her to believe she saw. Right. All right. Well, we talked a lot about this episode. Let's get to a couple of our segments. Yeah. So we now know everything that happened on the last night. And while we don't know what happens when Luke returns, I want to ask Hugh. you. Oh, or Luke. You're right. Yes. Sorry. Would you rather be in Hill House on the last night or be in Hill House when Luke returns? I guess on the last night. I mean, I know it's traumatic, but like, unless I'm Olivia, everyone else makes it out alive at least. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't seem, and, and as you kind of said, it doesn't seem like there's too much crazy things going on. It's just if you could stay away from Olivia, you'd probably be good. Really, if you're anyone other than Nell and Luke and Olivia and Agnes, I mean, not Agnes, why did I say that? <laughs> and Abigail, you're not even really that affected by it. Like, Theo, Shirley, you just kind of get out there. It does make me think a little bit about, like, why does Olivia get all hung up on just the twins? Why does she feel like she only needs to protect them and not anyone else? My belief on that is when she talks to Shirley, she mentions that kittens need their mommy and then they don't. And then when she goes and talks to Luke and Nell, she references to them as kittens. So I think it's that the the older children have already reached the point of being grown and not related lying on their mom, but the twins at least still need their mom. Yeah, and maybe are just more impressionable as well. She knows that she can (laughs) convince them. Right, without many questions, like, come upstairs and have a tea party, (laughs) right? Yeah. Another thing to mention about this was when we see in a previous episode that Nell and Luke are talking about having had this tea party with her, and Nellie says, that wasn't mommy. So was she able to somehow intuit that it was her not acting like herself? I don't know if it's based on the dad's comment when he remarks to Steve. I think it's based off of the dad's comment because Steve mentions, I saw Ma 
mom upstairs, I think, and dad says that wasn't mom. So I think she may have just been repeating what she had heard her dad say. Yeah, and I mean, in some ways, it's like, it's not her mom because it's her mom not acting like how she had been. And Mm -hmm. I don't really want to, I don't want to skirt past, we haven't really outright said this. I don't want to skirt past the fact that Olivia was doing a terrible thing here of trying to kill her children and legitimately does kill someone else's child in this scene. Whether that was, I I don't think that she was obviously intending to like end their lives in her view of thinking based on what the house and Poppy and probably some of her own potential, you know, sensitivities to this type of thing. She was truly probably believing that this was going to keep them safe and help them in that moment. It's easy to say that it's a ghost story and it's about being brainwashed by a creepy house. I think obviously that this is a (laughs) larger metaphor toward mental illness and there are people in real life who do things like this. And it is very sad and terrible and something that we need to provide more help to ensure that things like this don't happen. But I also feel like I wish that the father had gotten back to her in time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good disclaimer and and good conversation. It's it's a series of unfortunate events, even though that is a different show. <laughs> different and, story and about creepy houses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we got some more, we haven't really been keeping too much track of this, but we got some more confirmed deaths. In this episode, obviously, Abigail, we didn't mention this before, but we kind of knew before both Hazel and Poppy were also dead. There's still some ghosts that we don't really know, like we didn't see their deaths. You know, we mentioned William before, but like, what are we, I assume the clock guy died at some point. We don't really know. And then there, there were a bunch of other ghosts in this episode we saw, but we don't really know who they are either. Right. So that brings our total up to 13, including the five kittens. So eight human deaths that we've had. And also, I don't think we're ever going to get this answered, but I just want to point out there, there was also that really creepy zombie guy in the basement from the dumbwaiter. I think dumb that's supposed to be William. You think that's also? Okay. Yes. Because I think it looks similar to his ghost, uh, not his ghost, his skeleton. Okay. Yikes. Yes. Poor Luke. Yeah. So I think this episode didn't have too much lightheartedness around it, but what did you have for the superlative of funniest or most lighthearted? I mean, this is such a big stretch. I- okay. Actually, I think there's two. One is kind of a dark humor. So one is, I think the kids fighting over which room they're going to get is the lightest moment in this entire episode. It's tinged by a bit of sadness because we know that their summer is not going to be this bright and shiny, happy summer and it's going to end really badly. I think the other one that has a tinge of dark humor to it is just this one line. It almost comes across like improv of when the mom calls from the motel and is talking to Hugh and saying like, oh yeah, I, I landed, I'm, I'm with Janet. And then she says, she's making margaritas. And I don't know why I thought that was kind of funny, like this dumb lie of like, oh yeah, she's over there making margaritas. I liked that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good line because, you know, I think everyone should enjoy a good margarita every now and then. I tried to get one yesterday, but the only Mexican place near me wasn't doing takeout, so I couldn't. Major bummer. So did you have any votes for scariest? Yeah, so for me, the scariest moment, just because I wasn't expecting it, and it came really quick, was when Hugh is going to get Steve and he turns around at the top of the stairs and sees the crowd of ghosts right there. I just wasn't expecting that to happen. So for me, that's the scariest. Yeah. And I don't, I, what I have, I have two. One is not necessarily scary, but it is creepy in some sorts is when we see the flashes of the decaying poppy ghost. It's because because it's interchanged with her looking young. And actually, when we first see the ghost, if you pause it, you can look and you see a corner of her and it looks like the decaying version. The other one I had is the vision that Olivia has of adult Nell 
talent in adult Luke in the morgue. Yeah, that one's also pretty bad. So for possible ghost, there's one instance where we see the mom coming down the stairs and we only see the backs of heads of children. And I wasn't sure if those kids were supposed to be Luke and Theo because it looks like one of them maybe has gloves or if they're possible ghost. And the timestamp that I have for this is like 2251. And let me look at that because I did not catch that. 2251? Yes. It's in the middle of her migraine with all the construction noise. Okay, because I was trying to pay attention to the migraine with the construction noise because there were a lot of people running around the stairs. And and we do have, we do see the clock worker showing up there as well as at timestamp 812. You know, he shows up a couple of places in this episode. Right. Okay. So I'm looking. I mean, it definitely is. It's definitely a, a shot that makes you think it's, I mean, it looks like it's definitely the actors who play Luke and Theo. I mean, Theo's wearing that bucket hat that she wears mm-hmm. in <laughs> in some of the other scenes. It could easily be her just sort of not really seeing them, though, because shortly after this is when she's going to go to the twins' room and think that she's tucking them into bed and that it's nighttime. So she could be seeing all sorts of things in that scene. Right. <laughs> and so revisiting what we already talked about for our possible ghost is Abigail, the blonde girl in the blue dress, is actually real, but then she dies and is a ghost. So when Luke sees her in the window, she's a ghost at that point. And the thing that is limping after Steve and dad in the first episode was Olivia, the mom. I knew it. <laughs> Called that and one. some confirmed ghosts that we have is the clockworker, Nell calling out for mommy on the morgue table, old Poppy and younger Poppy looking. And then Hugh seeing six decrepit ghosts. And while we don't know all of them, we at least know about Poppy and the bowler hat man. And then mom gets to talk to Hazel some. Yeah. For Strange Happenings, what we've already talked about is the opening scene where Olivia's talking to Hugh and then misses some of what's actually happening in reality. The kids not knowing where the mom's reading room is and revisiting the banging on the walls. I think we can assume that it's Poppy's son who couldn't stand or speak and and starts to bang on the walls. Olivia holding a screwdriver to Hugh's throat. Olivia talking to herself in the twins room. Her smashing the vanity, her color storms, and the red room being open. We also see that the twisting of Steve's bedroom doorknob was the mom. And from Theo's vision that she has when her dad grabs her arm, we see that most of those were spurts from what the dad saw in this last night, just minutes prior to seeing Theo. One that we didn't talk about was the stone storm that happened when Olivia was crying over her father's death. Yeah, so this is another bit that kind of made me question because if this one scene of her talking to Miss Dudley about the stone storm didn't happen, I would have thought, okay, it's the house basically making these people, you know, giving them these weird visions and sensitivities, etc. But I think this is the thing that leads most to the idea that she already had some kind of something growing up. She, I mean, she says her mom did as well, so there is that. But I have never heard about this. Have you heard about this stone storm situation? No, I've heard about, I think there was a Stuff You Should Know episode about, or maybe they talked about it in My Favorite Murder. Uh, there was a town where it rained jello or like gelatin. Okay, weird. And I think that the reason behind it is not very sanitary or um, good to talk about. So I won't go into more <laughs> detail than that, but there are some strange things with storms, but I don't, I've never heard of stone storms. One other thing that I noted is at the time mark 820, we see on the fridge that Luke's name is spelled out in magnets, and there's also an overlap with Doug. And I don't think it's a strange happening, but I did think that it was weird because who's Doug? I don't think we've seen anyone named Doug or heard of anyone named Doug. Yeah, I have so no idea. It was just 
was it was and maybe strange that's just like a, something i feel like that's the kind of thing that maybe there was someone named doug who worked on production and that was yeah. just like a shout out from right. like set designers <laughs> so that's all i have i don't know if you have anything else no that's really all i have i i think overall i was happy with this episode but i was kind of i'm kind of annoyed that there's still the big cliffhanger from the last episode that we don't know about so eh, <laughs> working on it okay all right everyone one more to go we're almost done i'm so excited to be done with sleeping with my closet light on and maybe we can but the thing is this never ends because right after this we're just gonna have to talk about the season two so uh there could the have worst. been more of a break if we had just you know started a little earlier so no, we did we this to, to ourselves it out at least i get to get this over with <laughs> all right everyone feel free to send us comments and questions to our website or on twitter at kowski cast that's cow with a k you can also check out all of the other podcasts on our website on itunes spotify or your other favorite podcatcher you can follow me online at frail mary and you can follow hannah at hannah v.exe on instagram and if you enjoyed the podcast we would love it if you left us a five-star rating and review on itunes it helps other people find our podcast and drive traffic yeah or subscribe i always forget that too i forget that you can subscribe on itunes subscribe subscribe anywhere where it says you can subscribe all right everyone that's all for this week's episode thank you for joining us and we'll be back next time for our coverage of the finale episode 10 silence lay steadily Ooh, okay not a big of a fan of that title silence lay steadily does it make you think of anything silence silence, silence lay steadily on the walls of hill house oh was that like the first sentence at the beginning of no yeah. it, it, we that's heard about quote, it at some point that's the quote from steve's book oh okay <laughs> thanks back. for listening <laughs> <laughs> All right. For now, we're the Kowski cast. Thanks for listening. Bye.